Yeah, I guess that's what happens in real life. People are so offended by direct communication. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's This is more than therapy. Like, that's almost normalized. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. And welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. On this edition, we'll be speaking with Lucretia Holcomb, founder of Therapy as Light. Lucretia, what made you develop Therapy as Light? The reason I ask you this is when I came upon the site, the t-shirts just blew my mind. <laughs> In fact, I'm wearing one of those t-shirts today. Therapy is lit. In a way, I wear it for my clients to understand that therapy doesn't have to be da 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 it can be fun. It can be back and forth. It can be engaging as I learn from them just as much as they learn from me. I'm just an agent of recovery, but the change has to happen within them. Therapy is Light is one of the sites I go to to get shirts to be normalized, to reduce the stigma associated with, I think I have three or four shirts, maybe three. And Clients were like, hey, where did I get that from? Where did you get that from? It inspired me to come up with my own line, you know what I'm saying? Based on my versions of therapy, normalization. But what inspired you to come up with therapy? It's like... I was first going to say, like, that ain't my shirt. Is it you? <laughs> no! Is it? <laughs> I was like, well, let's start there. I was like, oh, I got new stuff. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> I was like, it's not from therapy. It's like, so you have to Okay, let's see. Let me see. <laughs> okay, this ain't yours. <laughs> but you got some good shirts too. This is Yellowbird Counseling. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Oh, um, so but no, you're no. It's this is real life. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so many shirts out. Let's start there. There's a right, lot of right, there's a lot right. of mental health. Uh, therapists and professionals like just getting creative about their strengths of them. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. This is an episode of Martin now. But like, <laughs> right. but there are a lot of therapists like getting creative with their right. streams of income. And so I love that there's been like this like boom of like therapists who have like different um, clothing stores. And um, I love it. I've seen so many good ones. I've supported other people's stores. So. Uh, what inspired me? Mm -hmm. uh, so I actually self-published poetry while I was in grad school. And it was kind of like when I feel like the Black Lives Matter became a big movement. And it kind of, for me, served as like my contribution to like using my voice. Um, I was in school studying to be a therapist at that time. And um, I was just trying to think of other ways that I could use my voice and like build on my brand and also create multiple streams of income because right. I was thinking about that in grad school. They had us out there, you know, not working for six months to do um, <laughs> practicum and internships. Mm -hmm. right. I'm like, yeah, I need some money and I need it now. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, so I don't know. I just was thinking about ways to monetize it and I came across like a Facebook ad um, where somebody was like, make six figures selling t-shirts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, cool maybe i could do that mm -hmm. um so i downloaded or paid for whatever that advertisement was and i did like a lot of research on it 
And I was just tired of having like all of these ideas and not acting on right, them. Right. So literally in one single minute, I was like, I'm doing the store, period. I don't care. Like I went to Shopify, I, I set up everything and I was like, I have a store now. And I felt really accomplished mm-hmm. because I have so many ideas all the time. Right. Um, but as a writer, I thought it would make sense to like wear words. Like I can make a statement without saying any words, which I don't like to do. <laughs> I mean, I do like to do it now, but at that time I didn't really even like to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother story, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, we will get into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I'm, a, I'm very introverted. Like some people find that hard to believe because I can't be so animated. Mm-hmm. Like you know, whether it's in session or presenting or speaking, but right. like I still have to recharge. Like that's basically yeah. what makes me an introvert. Right. Um, so I would prefer to make statements through written words, mm-hmm. and so that's why um, that's how the brand grew. I just. Um, I created the Instagram page for it, and I kind of wanted it to be like, um, for lack of a better word, like BET, but only for mental health. <laughs> and so I was like, what's going on in Black culture? Like, right. what's, how can I connect the arts to this and like music and TV and film? And so right. I started making my own graphics. I was doing everything do-it-yourself because I'm struggling. I just got out of school and all that. Um, and, and yeah, so I was like, whatever I saw going on in the media, I was like, how can I connect this to mental health to make it like relevant for people or to make them care about it and like see how it's connected to everything. So right. it really just built from there and it went from, you know, quotes to just, you know, talking about different celebrities or artists and what they were doing. Um, honestly, I was behind the scene for most part of like, the ch- uh, it's been about three years now okay. so for like two years I wouldn't even really show my face on the page at all it was really just like quotes and mm-hmm. information and so then the pandemic happened and we was all stuck in the house and in the house board and I don't know somehow I started becoming one of those people who make reels and <laughs> um, I don't know I just I don't know I think at that point you know we were just in the house and that my creativity took a different turn yeah. um so I'm glad that it did. It really helped me to step outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But that's really, it very casually happened. Like it went from like, this is gonna be an online store to like an entire like community and like something that I would love to continue building into like some sort of mental health empire, so. Yeah, you're well on your way. You're great following. You're the one person that I will repeatedly repost like to my story or whatever, because it's just like, this is funny and this is enlightening <laughs> and there's some real good tips in here. And it's like letting you know that, you know, therapists aren't always square with ties and whatever, button up shirts. There can be fun people, <laughs> people that if you didn't know they were a therapist, they could probably be your peer, your friend, your teacher, you know what I'm saying, your neighbor. Indeed, indeed. Still throw by had a long shirt on. <laughs> That was hilarious to me. I was like, he really believes that's from my store. It's not, but I actually love it. That's a great shirt. Therapy hit different. It really do. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> it really just does. Especially now that you know we're more present around and black people are more present in the mental health circle. To let our people know that it's okay, as many of our communities mm-hmm. don't embrace mental health. I remember when I was young and I needed mental health help. I think I went to one session just to make sure, you know, he's not going to kill himself. And then my mom was just like, eh, what does that person look like telling you anything about us? You know what I'm saying? Because we're not from this country, from Haiti. Um, And just letting people know that it's okay to be not okay. I go to therapy. And honestly, I would not be a good therapist 
if it wasn't for myself going to therapy. And one, always want to be the representative of what I would want to receive. So I, I'll do what I need to do. I'm going to eat my food and eat the way I'm supposed to eat it. I'm going to go to the gym and exercise. I'm supposed to go to the gym. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to try to model good behaviors or let them know I'm not going to tell you any right. strategy or action plan that I myself would not do. Exactly. Exactly. And this is so important. Like you said, I feel now more than ever, like it's really, you know, we are becoming more prevalent and more visible. And I love that there's like, you know, we have these groups where there are literally thousands of black therapists. So we really are out here like going hard. I love it. <laughs> Cause before it did seem right. like, where are they? And like, now it's like, we yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, that's too many of us. <laughs> right, I'm like, all right, go stop stealing my content. <laughs> <That's sad. laughs> like, no, that's real. <laughs> that's real. <laughs> I have to be petty one time. Therapists can be petty. <laughs> That's it. So you said that your voice really just started articulating or becoming more forthcoming. You were quiet and reserved before. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that person. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's like you said, like modeling this journey, because I would say my healing journey probably started about around the time I graduated from undergrad. Um, and I was just really depressed, anxious, like basically all of my childhood trauma caught up with me when I went away to college. Uh, I didn't know how messed up I was until <laughs> I went to college. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Like everything just hit different. Um, and so, um, and it, it ties into like even the, the urge to become like an entrepreneur and like have these different streams of income. and all of those things too, because the, I saw the impact that the lack of healing had right. on me being raised in an, in an impoverished household and like just generational cycles of poverty and addiction, and all of these things going on. I'm like, I don't want this anymore. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, the first step to breaking that cycle was to become like a first generation like college graduate. Yeah. But I feel like there was so much pressure on me because I had never seen it done before. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was gonna do when I graduated. Um, and I just felt like everything I was doing was wrong. I was concerned about what profession I was gonna enter. Um, so I became a teacher first and that experience kind of ushered in my interest in like psychology and being a counselor, even though I loved all subjects. So that's why I struggled to even pick a major. Mm -hmm. I actually majored in um, English and minor in sociology because I wanted to be like a writer or a professor, you know, cute mm -hmm. behind the scenes, mm -hmm. like, you know, making words, do cool things. Right. Nobody got to see me um, unless I'm a professor, but, um, <laughs> but I wanted to be a writer. And of course, I think that's one of the things that people tell you too, like, there ain't no money in that. There's a one in a million chance that, you know, you'll get a good deal. Like people don't encourage you really to right, be a writer. Right, right. But I was just like, I, that's who I am. Like, that's the only thing I want to do. Like, I love reading. I love writing. That's really all I knew about myself. Like it was what got me through um, school, being that A plus student and getting the recognition that I had gotten was right. just being a good student. So, um, my senior year my mental health was like just completely just the lowest it could possibly be um and part of that was like taking that step out into adulting <laughs> and not really feeling like i was knew what i was doing my teachers aren't rich like why am i but i didn't know what else to do with my degree um so i did that for um a, a semester 
and I've developed this great bond with my students and they will want to talk to me before and after class. And I was like, what job is that? Where like people talk to you one-on-one. <laughs> and also because I was consulting a career counselor who happened to be a black man at that time. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to be a teacher. Um, Cause even that experience was triggering of like childhood trauma, like seeing the condition of students coming to school, seeing the systemic oppression and the school to prison pipeline, like, you know, just seeing it happen. I was like, this is so bad for my mental health right now. Yeah, and so I, I spoke with a career counselor because I felt so bad, like it's such an honorable profession and I was good at it, but I didn't want to do it and I didn't feel like I had the capacity to continue it. So it was almost like back to square one, even though I just graduated and then a roundabout way, my interest in psychology began because I was like, I have to heal myself. Like, um, so like, so I started, I couldn't afford a therapist at the time. So I just started doing a lot of reading and things like that. Eventually um, applied to a counseling program. And I was like, let me learn how to stay alive. <laughs> that was why I enrolled mainly. <laughs> I didn't think, oh, I would ever be a, a therapist. Um, I really just want to learn how do they make people want to stay alive? Um, Cause at that point, I, you know, I didn't really, it was, it was still taboo. Like you didn't hear black people openly talking about going to therapy or a psychiatrist. And of course, anybody I told about it, um, like in my family was like, you know, you're crazy. <laughs> like they didn't understand it. And I was like, well, y'all aren't in positions that I want to be in. So maybe you, you should try. <laughs> but that's a whole nother topic. Like just how therapy is so weaponized. But um, like, I was made to feel like something was wrong with me for pursuing it, but I was like, everybody needs this. Like, we're messed up. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so from there, like just watching my own transformation, and of course, like healing is always a journey. Yeah. Um, like, I just, I really became a different person. I went from that traumatized child who felt like um, they weren't able to speak or, you know, just the normal kid stuff like bullying and stuff like that. There are so many things that happen to us that make us want to shrink our voice and like not be seen. Right. I was always the smart girl, like who knew the answer, but didn't raise her hand or like sitting in the back trying not to be noticed because right. when I was noticed, it was never really for a good reason <laughs> besides like my brain. <laughs> right. So I look at those clothes, right. you know, regular like human stuff. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, just me it going through the process myself and be like, this is helpful. Like, mm -hmm. um, and the more I learned and um, just seeing that it was something that could be effective, whether you took the traditional therapy route or not, because for me, it was basically bibliotherapy. Like I never had enough money to be in therapy the way I needed to be in therapy. But through the process of learning how to help people, I healed like doing that. So um, I love it. Um, I became a, um, somebody who was like really useful to people because I, I was self-disclosed like when appropriate like I've right. been depressed before like I'm not just telling you something I read in a book like, right. like I know what you feel like and like I was really able to build rapport um, and create a safe space for people that way so yeah that's basically how um, all of that connects yeah indeed <clears throat> being a bibliotherapist <laughs> what books or do you remember what books kind of mm -hmm. gave you strength or gave you wellness any stand out see so this is where i get more untraditional mm -hmm. but it kind of connects to like what therapy is like is like for me it was the arts okay so i can't even say like oh this psychology book 
it was a combination of like, you know, maybe like actual textbooks that were assigned in class mm-hmm. um, that I can't remember the name of at all. <laughs> but in addition to that, like poetry, mm-hmm. um, like pleasure reading, because I view like all forms of um, people telling their story as liberating, because that's what gave me the bravery <laughs> to like, you know, tell my story and like not be ashamed about it. And I, I laugh because I, um, like I'm thinking about what was the most like healing book that I've ever read. It was Harry Potter. Like, like I'm a Harry Potter nerd, and so like just seeing Harry escape and go to um, he was living with the Dursleys, and like you know Hagrid came and like told him he was a wizard, and he got to go away to school and like had the, a whole different life. Like that's what inspired me to want to go to college. Besides like my peers talking about it, and I'm like, what's that? So um, I really believe like my, through my education, like there, there's something better, like, um, and so, and that, that just has so many like life lessons and all kinds of things in there too. Um, and so I just applied that, you know, like literal magic, black girl magic, same thing. <laughs> so, so like, that was like, honestly, I can't think of one book besides like, you know, anything by Maya Angelou, like any poetry, um, music therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so many artists, Jill Scott, um, just like th- those things are what got me through when therapy wasn't in the traditional way, like wasn't accessible to me. Right. So that's what I would attribute to in combination with, um, you know, learning the actual science of like, oh, this is how the brain works. And, and that's what this theory applies to like, you know, adverse childhood experiences mm-hmm. like learning that language like it, it validated me and i was like this is real like there's mm-hmm. so many layers to this so yeah. that was super helpful indeed addiction counsel what mm-hmm. made you pursue the addictions track people <laughs> go to it for different reasons mm-hmm. more of us because of either our parents or somebody in our bloodline or ourselves as many people go into the counseling field because they're actually trying to fix themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm still in the process (laughs) of fixing myself. (laughs) But what brought you into Mm -hmm. the addictions track? Is this something you think you'll continue to do? So I love that question because like, what's so funny to me is like, we make up these um, grand stories of like why we do it. And like, I can think about job interviews and things like why I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the real, is like at that time so my degree is in clinical mental health counseling and um addictions counseling and so literally i was so broke when i graduated that the lcas was the easier <laughs> option to pursue so i went for that one because we didn't have no money right. i couldn't even afford to take the test or apply for whatever for my mental health license so like by default but i do believe like god works in mysterious ways and like everything happens for a reason by default i started with the addictions counseling and then when i really thought about my life story i was like this makes sense and like interacting with the clients i was like i see what you did there like this makes sense (laughs) um because honestly i struggled mostly with anxiety and uh depression like of course we can i can connect that for me like to like eating addiction or Mm -hmm. you know just all kinds of underlying things but i didn't ever have like a um a addiction issue besides like food but we're Mm -hmm. in america that's normalized Um, <laughs> but I, I did have a, I did have um, things I needed to work on on that front, and I was a problem drinker, so I wasn't an alcoholic, which does alcoholism runs in my family. 
But when I drank, it was a problem because I would probably, I would drink to excess or just mimic behaviors that I had seen from, you know, figures in my life growing up that were super maladaptive. (laughs) Um, And so, but, you know, I'm trying not to put my family on blast, but like I said, addiction was something that I saw tear my grandmother's family apart, my mother's, you know, family of origin and all those things apart. And then that impacted me because I'm being raised by um, somebody who was traumatized by this cycle, um, who then went on to perpetuate uh, the cycle in kind of a different way. So um, it all just tied together, like in a way that I did not plan for it to. Um, and that's what's always, that's what keeps me anchored. Cause if it was just for like the pay or something like that, like <laughs> I probably wouldn't be doing this, but it's really meaningful to me. I've tried to do other things. I've tried to leave the field. Like I always get brought back to this and it always feels like home. Like when I come back. So, this is so yeah. This is so indeed, indeed. The pandemic was a game changer. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, I had this whole planned out my whole 2020 was planned out perfectly this conference this conference oh i'm gonna break into this new thing oh i'm gonna talk about vicarious trauma and black teenagers da, da, da. i was going in <laughs> the biggest conferences all over the world damn we're going virtual Ew, i can't even do that <laughs> <laughs> i miss conferences so much i really do it's nothing like being around a bunch of other healers right like, right uh, I remember, you know, the way uh, you moved before the pandemic, and then I said, wow, she's really on some other shit after the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) What did the pandemic, how did it impact you? Uh, How is it impacting you? We're still in it, pretty much. I know, right? We're still going through it. I mean, for lack of a better word, it really is just YOLO. Like, it's been so traumatizing. Um, For me, it added extra motivation to, like, change my lifestyle, because I did feel vulnerable, like, um towards the beginning of it i was like a little bit more overweight um i was very stressed out and honestly in my career experiencing burnout because i wasn't taking care of myself i was not doing like what i (laughs) preach to clients i wasn't journaling i wasn't eating healthy i wasn't working out i wasn't in therapy myself like i was burning out um so the fear i mean i had started eating clean like a little bit before then but i really like got it together and was like i need to naturally like just take care of my body better because clearly like this thing is wild and like there's no telling what could happen um and i've always been a little bit of a hypochondriac like i've always (laughs) so i'm like no i can't i no absolutely not so whatever i felt like i could control in regards to that Mm -hmm. um it impacted me health wise to like just be better holistically um i was spent most of the pandemic i would say like by myself (laughs) so it was like very forced solitude and like even when i was around people i felt like i was back by myself type of thing and i realized i had never really been alone with myself before like like and no point like i wasn't really i had strayed away from like doing my own work so it provided a lot of time and solitude um and i really like honestly fell in love with myself um i can say like during the pandemic like that's when it happened um because i was with myself all the time (laughs) like (laughs) right like it's me and you again and zoom so um like I did start to just take do better self-care routine things, um, really go through my own, like, I guess, baggage or things I had swept under the rug that 
I was so busy with work and all these things before, but it kind of just, you know, brought everything to a screeching halt. Like, you don't know what could happen like tomorrow. Like, what is it that you still need to do or experience? Like, stop waiting for that time. Like, it's not promised to us. And we hear it all the time, but like, it really struck home. Like, it's not promised to us. Like, it, you know, at, at points it felt like the world is over. <laughs> so I'm like, what can I control and still do? Like, what is there to be afraid of right. besides death? Like, so anything else is light work compared to that. So, um, half like just wanting entertainment honestly probably just wanting to connect with other people it was like social media became the biggest and best way like everybody's online mm -hmm. so like the business mind was like oh everybody's online like let me get my like myself together because people were losing jobs like it really boosted like the entrepreneur in me too like like you gotta be able to survive if you get laid off, like, and you're not there right now. Like, like you, like this, I can, like, you know, it just really gathered me together in like every area of my life. And I lost even a little bit of fear for anything that I had left because I'm like, there's nothing more scary than what's happening right now. And so when it came from like hiding behind the scenes in my own business, I put myself out there. I was like, I started making videos, talking, taking pictures i'm like i want my mark to be left here in case like i get wiped out next right, week like right. like what what have i done like what what i don't want to leave anything like undone right. that i know i have the capacity to do um so it really just like shook off the little bit of imposter syndrome and fear that i had left and it was like nothing matters when you're facing your own mortality in like a worldwide crisis so I, there's nothing I need to be afraid of at this point. So I just mm -hmm. really became more myself, more publicly myself. I mean, I've, I've always been myself, um, but I actually wanted to connect with people more. Like even as an introvert, like I've always just felt like I'm good. I got my books. Like, I got my sele select few people. <laughs> like I never was like, I need attention. Like, I need human interaction. And like, I, I started to feel that. And I started to recognize my own like fear of being alone. And then I was alone with myself and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, like just unpacking and like really enjoying my own company. But then at the same time, seeing the point of interacting with other humans. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I used social media to the fullest and it really kept me going. So, yeah. It seems like you really, really fell in love with yourself. Mm -hmm. I really did. I'm like, I already like had to have some sort of like confidence to like survive what I survived but it was like I was with myself like only me for the most part of a year and like I don't know everything else just didn't matter I was like I like the person that I'm alone with like um so it really changed everything yeah like I, I started treating myself better and it's cliche to hear like oh give yourself the love you deserve I am a big proponent of sometimes when we're at our lowest it does help to have other supports there to love right, you right. but I really had to become like the love that I was wanting from some other source um besides you know God I was like who do I have on earth <laughs> who cares about me and I was like me like we kept we, we still here <laughs> like, and I was like wow I really like this girl like she she a real one she holding it down <laughs>
Right. Um, so I jokingly call myself like Michelle Obama's twerk translator because I could do like corporate or professional or code switch or whatever so well. Right. Like I think people expect me just by looking at me to probably be like just very professional and reserved. Which like I said, at one point I was like shy, right. but um, I've always had like a really big personality. I only let a select few people right. <laughs> see it. Um, so I just felt more comfortable in my own skin. And I, I love dancing. I mean, I think the real thing, when it first started out, everybody was doing the pointing thing. Like, and I was like, and I literally made like a parody of that. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, like somebody started dancing at some point, but it was like kind of all this Generation Z, like really complex like stuff. And I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not doing that. And so I really started dancing for real, like how I dance, like at a party or by myself, like how I moved to songs and it became a really artful thing mm -hmm. um, because I saw people responding well to it. And I like just started off like just playing around. Um, so, and you know what? I, I don't want to get too much into it, but um, I did basically experience somebody like trying to swipe my content. <laughs> and I've always been a person for some reason, like I don't even want to call it revenge, but like somebody playing with me like motivates me so much or like feeling like um somebody's sleeping on me or counting me out um and so the what i heard god say on it was like and i've read things about it before like if you don't do what i assigned you to do somebody else gonna do it mm. and i'm like you ain't having my purpose <laughs> like right now this is what was assigned to me and so almost like a you got served dance battle in okay. where i eliminated that uh competition <laughs> Um, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, on the spot, like, I mean, actually, I will. Like, even when you stepped out, I was, like, dancing around for fun. But it's one of those things where it's like, I would never, like, uh, audition for So You Think You Can Dance or something. <laughs> like, that. I don't think dancer when I think of myself. But right. I'm slowly but surely, like, starting to be like, I, there might be something here that, even if it's just for me for fun, like, I, I remember being so stressed out or angry or different things happening. And like, I would dance and record for the real and I would feel better afterwards. Cause I was really like dancing for real. <laughs> I'm like, y'all playing, but um, you got to get these pop blocks. Like, <laughs> and so like energetically, like it was so liberating for me to, to do that. So, um, <laughs> and so that's why I did it. Like it started to become another form of like therapy for me or another part of my self-care routine. So. And you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's like almost like you're feeding two parts of the mind, your creative mm -hmm. mind and your literal mind. And that's why I, that's why I share it. You know, like regular people follow me for mental health help or whatever. And then they see your story that I reshare or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. They like, say a little comment like, ah, oh, fire. Da, 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 da. And I say, well, damn, I don't want to get fire on my shit. Why is the, the Christian the only person getting fires on my own story? Look, we need to, we need to do this, like, you know, house party, like do the one leg. Tagging thing, like let's do it. <laughs> Indeed, but I don't think it's more than your dancing, your tips, the way that you're, mm -hmm. you know, your poop, your pop ups. When you, so yeah, it's all of that. It's all of that. Indeed, mm -hmm. indeed. You make mental health fun. I try to. Cause honestly, like that's what kept me away from it. 
like when I needed help was like feeling like it wasn't something that I saw people who looked like me doing. And like, even if it's by like age or race or whatever the demographic was, I just did not see myself doing it. Like even the two um, counselors I had at that point when um, in undergrad, they were both like black males. Um, and one was like a career counselor, but I was like, what about if I'm like just depressed? Like, <laughs> and so, um, like I wanted to see somebody like me, like a young black woman, like working on herself, going to therapy, it not being something that as soon as you say it, people are calling you crazy or whatever. Like everybody has mental health and a lot of people walking around here, like just out of control because they don't think they need like any tools to like improve their situation. So um that just really motivated me to become like who i was looking for i was like somebody else out there needs to see this like somebody needs to see a regular person like me um just having fun and like really super excited about like my mental health because i really am like maybe i'm a nerd but like i love learning about psychology and like ways to just be a better person like and interact with people better um, even those who haven't done their healing work, like it's helping me, um, like with my empathy, with my compassion. And I'm still a work in progress. I don't want to hear about who I cussed out. Like that was last week. No, but um, <laughs> like I'm still a work in progress, and I'm st I still have a full life outside of being a therapist. Um, but healing is a part of my um, identity and like raising mental health awareness and, and just self-improvement is a part of my identity. I always want to be personally developing and hopefully inspiring somebody else to do that too by being an imperfect person. Like I'm bored with these perfect therapists who got all the answers and like are just so perfect but like gaslighting you behind the scenes. I'm good. I'm going to just speak to you like how I speak to you <laughs> and like be who I really am right. and some going to love it and some are not going to love it. I don't concern myself with uh, people who don't know me personally, having personal opinions about what I do. Right. So um, I love it and I, I get so much positive feedback um, to the point that it really did, did become bigger than me, but also tied to my purpose to like know that somebody needs to see that somebody like me could be a therapist too. So like, if, if that's the, the type of person you need to talk to, <laughs> and even if I'm not, like I've had people who did not come to me personally, still like inform me, like you're the reason I went to therapy. Um, so just making it fun, like look, all of us about to eat, cause like people <laughs> right, <laughs> don't want right. to go to therapy. That part, that like they part. feel like it's something normal and not as taboo. So I feel yes. like my mission is accomplished when and I get those messages. It. And you're doing it, doing Thank it, you. doing it well. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, for real though, because um, especially like these these people coming up, you make it normal, you make it fun, you make it be like, you know what, I'm gonna go to therapy just because of that <laughs> real. Like, what? Because of that Harlem Shake, it changed my life. It what, changed that your mama touch you right every day you want to commit suicide? No, that girl, she just makes it look like I can talk to her. Okay, whatever works. <laughs> exactly, like whatever works. If that, you know, little... <laughs> Good. I'm glad that spoke to your soul. Go, go. go. <laughs> next chapter. What's next? So, um, honestly, I've never really, like, even to this day, <laughs> like, not until, like, two weeks ago, maybe, mm -hmm. or actually, in reality, like, two months ago, did I even seriously think about my career as a therapist? Like, I've always, it's always been my practical job choice, no matter how good I've been at it. Because I still want to be a writer. Like, <laughs> like I did not grow up. Right? Yeah, I can. Now I know I can do both. 
but it's still like even if I had to rank it being a therapist is not number one but I know that that's naturally what happens when I'm writing anyways Mm -hmm. so like being a healer is just like who I am um so I actually started taking being a therapist more seriously like really doing the research of like how do I run a private practice Mm -hmm. like what other credentials can I get like I had more pride in my profession because I saw that there was a need for somebody like me to have that information because um, somebody not like me might not reach who I who's assigned to my purpose. <laughs> They're not gonna watch that video of another person talking. Uh-huh. Everybody talking. <laughs> right, right. Every, mm-hmm. And everybody's giving everybody's swiping the same information. And not even swiping. I'm using that because as an artist, I've been swiped from. But like some of this information is commonplace, like mental mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. like knowledge. So everybody is like saying the same thing or like. You know, saying what we already know who are therapists. It might be new to clients, but it might not be new. Like people are regurgitating the same information. So I make it it gets exciting for me to like find out new information or the latest research and be like, how can I remix this so like people know what this is? But we already know, like, oh yeah, self-care journal. <laughs> you know, go exercise. Like, you know, we know those five tips, but what else is there right. to like mental health? So right. I really started getting excited about how can I be a conduit of like fresh information? Um, or how can I say the same thing in a different way so that it hits different? Like, right, right. Right. <laughs> right. I definitely just started my next so. That's what's up. Can you tell the good people, you know, how to reach you, how to find out more about your impact, and, you know, any projects you got coming that they need to be on the lookout for? So um, you can find me at therapieslight.com. Um, that's the main source I would go to. Um, Therapy is like at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. That's my biggest platform right now. Um, I've been playing around with the idea of a podcast for a while. Yeah, you um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, what I'm feeling now is I really want to create more publications. So um, I'm outlining things that are like scholarly, but I'm also outlining things that are creative. And I really want to continue to explore the arts more. Um, outside of just like reels or things like that, like really create like, you know, when the world is safe for um, in-person events, kind of over virtual, but uh, <laughs> I want to create in-person like artsy mental health events okay. and um, just continue to be as innovative as I can with making people excited about learning how their emotions work and how their mind works. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the This is More Than Therapy. Be well, be great. And go to Therapy is Light, not only for product, but for information regarding wellness and recovery. It's lit. I'm all in. All I know is we ballin'. She's my drug and my medicine. Yeah. Where have you been? All right, this the after move. This the after show. <laughs> this the after show talk right here. That's why I had to have that pause in there. But when I edit, I see where it's at. Gotcha. <laughs> that was good, yo. You did good. Thanks. You did very good. You're a great moderator. Oh, I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, you know, I didn't know. It's a good thing I had this board right here. Right. Out, you know what I'm saying? Wait, what's my next one? <laughs>
Exactly. I think we covered pretty much covered all the joints. You know what I'm we saying? Did. We did. Yeah, we did real good. That was awesome. How long that was? Only three hours. That's only it was only forty minutes. That's okay. cool. Okay. Um. People think, oh, it should be an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, like Joe, Joe Rogan. <laughs> no. I've never listened to Joe Rogan. I ain't trying either. to listen to nobody for no hour. I'm good. Right. I, I, if it's not. Something on TV. Mm-hmm. Forty-five minutes is my sweet spot. Exactly. Now that's a good number because a lot of people are doing that hour thing. I heard something about Joe Rogan. I've never listened to what he's doing. I was—I didn't even know he was popping in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. I must be under a rock. I just—I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But somebody was talking about like the deal that he did. Or oh something. yeah, he did it. But he mad at himself because it cut off the streaming from other things mm-hmm. since he made it exclusive to Spotify. Mm-hmm. But it don't matter. You—you would have never made sixteen million on your own anyway, buddy. I don't. Exactly. So you should be good just with the spot. Honestly, like, you, I'm going you to don't have the umbrella you had, but at least you got the money. Mm-hmm. But maybe he wants the umbrella. And he can always saying? reinvent himself right. when that contract is over. So mm-hmm. sounds like a win. Give me 16 million. Y'all ain't got to see me until 2050. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, right. There's a lot of things I can do with 16 million. Because right? <laughs> I wouldn't go crazy with it. Right. Mm-hmm. I still live how mm-hmm. I'm living. So no, I don't upgrade the place. Right, like this one mansion. Upgrade the car. Other than that, yeah, I'm building everything else. Pay back my student loans. Yeah, and not good about it. Right. <laughs> that part. That part. That's what's up. That's what's up. Look on your face, say you want it now Meet me in the room, baby Beautiful, beautiful girl you are Telephone ringing, silence it We don't need no interruptions About to get deep inside your love, girl See, I've been waiting patiently, yeah Turn your phone off tonight, baby
Baby, there you go 